Welcome to episode 16 of the Entrepreneur Now podcast. I am your host, Heath Armstrong, and today's guest is Yo Pal Hal Elrod. There is nothing else that needs to be said other than this is going to change your life, so I'm going to get right into it. Here we go. Things turn out the best for those that make the best of the way things turn out. John Wooden. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Then get on with your bad self. A knick-knack, paddy-whack, give this guest a bone. Cause he's going bam-bam, harder than a Flintstone. He's the number one selling author of The Miracle Morning. A Hall of Fame business achiever. An international keynote speaker. An ultra-marathon runner. And the founder of VIPSuccessToach.com. He was pronounced dead for six minutes, but ain't nobody gonna hold him down. Oh no, a skidamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skidamarinkity-doo. Yo, pal, Hal Elrod. Oh, how I thank you for being the entrepreneur now. What is cracking, Hal? Holy crap, what the hell was that? That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was amazing. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I'm entertained. Uh, I, I wish I could rewind it and just listen to that again. That was the greatest intro that I've, <laughs> I've ever I've ever heard in my life. And uh, I, you know, normally I'm I don't start an interview where I'm intimidated to follow the host. But <laughs> I, in this case, I think you have. Uh, that's a first. Nice work. Uh, I'm excited to be here, though. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, man, in time, you can put it on repeat all you want. <laughs> nice. So, man, I'm going to be completely honest with you. you know, up front, your books, uh, your podcasts, The Miracle Morning Practice have single-handedly you know, allowed me to take my life from something that was pretty mediocre to something that is extraordinary. And it's not just me. I mean, I've even had other guests on the show who are huge fans. Uh, Kelly Lundberg, who I found through your Miracle Morning community on Facebook, uh, she's a stylist out of Dubai. I mean, she's been working with the Grammys, the Dubai World Cup. Uh, Greg wow. Baston, who you had mentioned about his tea product um, on one of oh, your yeah, podcast episodes. Yeah. yeah, I had him on, and he was fantastic. And, nice. you know, the day Amber Ludwig told me to stop everything and just read your book was the day that everything changed. And as of yesterday, the podcast, which was a direct stem from your practice, uh, it, it hit featured section in iTunes under New and Noteworthy. In just two nice. and a half weeks, Gosh. man. And so, give it up for me! Yeah, yeah. that's exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> and then from day one, you know, I was sold. But I, I just wanted to genuinely say thank you for everything you do, not just for me, but for the hundreds of thousands of people's lives that you have changed over the years. And just thank you so much for being on the show, man. Yeah, no, it's uh, I'm honored. I'm my... I'm on a mission to to share the miracle morning and and you know really to change one million lives one miracle morning at a time, and uh, you know every I, I never know who needs to hear the message who needs to learn about the miracle morning, 
And uh, I feel like of everything I've ever taught, uh, you know, I've been speaking for over a decade. I've been coaching for almost a decade. Um, and I've written two books and there's nothing I've ever shared with another human being that has had such a profound and lasting impact uh, as the Miracle Morning. And as you said, as quick of an impact, right? It's like it's immediate. You know, people, it's immediate. Like the first day you do it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like the first day of the rest of my life. So uh, yeah, so it, it's, it really is an honor for me to share this with one person or a thousand people or, uh, you know, uh, and, and it's an honor to share it with you. Do you have any idea how many copies have been sold of the Miracle Morning yet? Yeah, it's it's roughly, I, I don't have a running tally, but it's it's right around 30,000. It's between 25 and, and just over 30,000, somewhere in that oh, realm. Oh man, we're going to get it to a million one day. Yeah, one day, yeah, sooner than later. I, I mean, I told a friend, it's interesting, um, and I don't know if I've shared this before publicly, but uh, recently a good buddy of mine, and by the way, the reason I haven't shared this publicly is I'm about to say it as I'm realizing I said it to my friend, and even as I said it, I said, you know what, Matt, you're the only person I might tell this to because anyone else would really judge me for saying this. So I just realized <laughs> that I've now started to dig a hole, which I probably will put myself in here. But um, no, we were just, he called me and we were talking. He said, Hal, I was, I was on Amazon and dude, you have 300, you know, 300 plus five-star reviews on Amazon. That's like rare air. And I said, no, I said, I know, man, I'm, I'm blown away by it. And I said, honestly, and this is where I said, I said, Matt, between you and me, I said, and I don't say this because of my opinion. I say this because of the hundreds of reviews on Amazon and the hundreds of emails I've received. I think I might have written one of the most life-changing self-help books ever written. And I said, and and I said, it's just, it's just really kind of this, this really, I don't know, peaceful feeling where I feel like if I died today, you know, knock on wood, I don't, I'm not planning on going anywhere, but if I died today, I feel the sense of peace like the Miracle Morning is going to change millions of lives with or without me. Like whether or not I'd ever tell another person about it. It's so it's such a word of mouth thing. It's where, hey, this is changing my life. I've got to tell my friends and my family and my colleagues and I've got to buy it for people. Oh, and, yeah. you know, so. So, yeah. So it's so infectious, man. Like I every time a holiday comes around now, the only thing I want to do is just buy a copy of that and give it to somebody. And it doesn't matter if they're already feeling successful or if it's somebody who really just, you know, sits in a cubicle and hates their life. Even if they're against it, you know, they're like, oh, self-help book. I'm like, no, seriously, just read it. Within three or four days, I get a message immediately. And it's already changing their life with the first 20 or 30 pages. I mean, it's it's amazing. Wow. Wow, wow, man! I know, and that's I'm, um, I'm inspired, and I'm in, I'm awe inspired by it. I like, I, I, it's so funny, you know. Um, I, I, I know I look at other authors, and I, I, even though I am an author, I put other authors on a pedestal. I get starstruck when they talk to me or I talk to them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I really, you know, I, 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 I feel like really the book I wrote did that for you, you know. When I hear this stuff, I'm like, really, my little book, you know, that I was insecure and afraid nobody would like and nobody would actually follow through with it and do it and you know so anyway yeah it's uh it's cool to hear though i appreciate it that's the beauty of it though. that's why it's so inspiring so hey man i know you are the true mac daddy quote master flex and <laughs> i wanted to start this off by a, quoting a previous guest of mine who was a hollywood director and his name was Sorab miramont and he won the new york international film festival and he was just 19 years old and because he said this quote and it really stuck to me like more than anything. And it was right when I first started reading the miracle morning and they just kind of, I mean, it just, if you were to rename it, it could have been named this. And I don't know if you've heard this, but it's every day is a bonus round. 
Hmm. So I feel like with your story, I mean, it's just, it's so descriptive to me in those five little words, because every day is a bonus round. You can wake up and level up as much as you want, uh, but the next day is still a bonus round. So you have to do everything in the now. And it, and it's, it just really uh, relates with me. Yeah, no, I think that, I mean, for me, it's, uh, you know, I, I look at every, you know, like we have to live and make today the most important day of our life. I think that the number one cause of, of mediocrity and, and regret and unfulfilled potential is never deciding that now matters more than any other time in our life. You know, that today is the most important day of our life, but it is because it's, it's what we're doing right now mm-hmm. and who we're becoming today that's going to determine the quality and, and, you know, and the direction of the rest of our lives. And, and most people live with a someday mindset and then they wake up at, you know, whatever age it is, 30, 40, 50, 60. And then you look back and go, what the hell happened? You know, it's oh, like, yeah. I think what's the, one of the saddest things in life. Robin Sharma said this, it's, it's to wake up and realize you could have been done and had so much more, but, but you didn't, you know? Yeah. That one's up on the wall too. Oh, is it really? Oh, nice. Yeah, I love that. Quote. Definitely. Yeah. It's a powerful reminder. Yeah. Well, I, I know your story can be found all over the interwebs and, and television networks all across the world and probably Mars and Jupiter. And if it isn't there, you know, it will be one day. But <laughs> because it's such a unique story and the fact that your, your heart actually stopped for like five or six minutes, I, I still feel like you need to sum up the process and birth of the Miracle Morning for our listeners who haven't heard about it. Uh, from the you know from the sales job to the wreck to the second colossal breakdown you had, and finally the creation of this beautiful miracle that is changing so many people's lives. And then I want you to dive in, and then I want to dive into your creative side a little bit afterwards and get a little bit funky with some different questions that we would usually ask other guests at the beginning of the show. So go go gadget, Hal man. Cool. All right. All right, so where to where to begin? Um, and and I've been working on making my story more concise. I'm totally a talker, right? And I'll just like I'll talk. You know, everybody's podcast. They're always like, hey, you know, can we stretch it out to thirty minutes? I'm like, dude, your best, you know, your biggest challenge is going to be getting me to shut up, <laughs> so you don't have this two hour podcast episode that nobody will sit through. Um, but I've been working on it. So here we go. This is actually a good opportunity to 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 practice my uh, my new way of of sharing the story. Um, so when I was 15 years old, uh, talking about like creative side, I know it's a big part of what you, you, you know, your, your creative components here. Um, I was, I, I launched my first business as a mobile disc jockey at 15. I was making $75 an hour, you know, only working four hours a week, but you know, to be a high school, you know, sophomore making dropping 300 beats. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. 300 bucks, you know, on a Friday night, right. 1200 bucks a month. And that's it. Um, it was pretty cool. I was doing weddings, school dances, car shows, you name it. Anywhere they needed music, I would play. And uh, and then I got a job on the radio. That was my dream, really. And I started a, a radio show every week called The Boomin' System with Yo Pal Hal. <laughs> and uh, uh, fast forward uh, four years, uh, a buddy of mine sold Cutco Knives. Uh, he had been bugging me to give it a shot. And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm Yo Pal Hal. I'm like, I'm a, a radio DJ. I'm not a salesman, right? <laughs> And I ended up, long story short, I, I went to the office, decided to talk to the manager, got hired, decided to give it a shot. Well, on my second day of my three-day training, I, I decided I was going to, uh, I wanted to break the all-time record. I don't, I don't know what it was. My whole life, I was mediocre. I was, I was, an, I was a C and D student. I was, uh, I wasn't that popular. I didn't play sports. I was totally mediocre my whole life. And at 19, I'm sitting in training, and I go, you know what? Why not me? Like, why can't I? be great for the first time in my life. I'm going to be 
you know, friggin' great. And uh, I committed, and uh, luckily I had a mentor that knew what the heck he was doing because I didn't really know. I really lost confidence many, many times. But my first 10 days on the job, I broke the all-time what's called the fast start record where I sold more Cutco kitchen knives in my first 10 days than uh, really just about anybody had in, in the 50-year history of the company. <laughs> And, uh, and it was a real, like a real game changer for me. Like what the heck? I, I didn't see that coming. Um, I made more money my first week than I had made in my entire, in a month in my entire life. Right. <laughs> my first week more than I know more than I made in the year probably. And, uh, I thought, wow, okay, there's a change of, of pace. And so I decided that I wanted to really commit myself to this career in sales. Um, a year and a half later, I was giving a speech at a sales conference one night. Got my first standing ovation, which made it a really cool experience. You know, I was like really jazzed about that. And uh, driving home that night, a, a man I had never met before left a bar, two drinks down, um, and uh, he got on the freeway going the wrong way. And I was in a brand new Ford Mustang. It was my first new car. You know, again, a real prideful moment. I just bought it three weeks earlier with my own money, uh, 20 years old. That was the dream car at that time. And uh, this man I never met was in a large Chevy full-size truck, and he hit me head-on at 80 miles an hour, Oof. sent me on into oncoming traffic. And the worst was yet to come when the, an innocent bystander driving a four-door Saturn sedan crashed into my driver's side door at 70 miles an hour. And if you can imagine, you know, if anybody listening, look over to your left right now and imagine a car going 70 miles an hour just crashing into the door of your car. Oof. And if you look at the pictures of my car online, it looks like it's missing half the car. Like from the front, it looks like half of the car is yeah, gone. Yeah, you can't even tell it's gone. a car. I saw that article that was on, uh, I think you on had posted mighty. it a couple. Yeah, and it was yeah. unbelievable, yeah. And yeah, I mean, what happened was the left side of the car was in my body. I mean, it was crushed in the left side of my body. And immediately I broke 11 bones. Um, my femur broke in half. One half came out the side of my leg. I'll get graphic here for a second. Um, my pelvis was smashed between the center console and it broke in three separate places. Uh, my humerus bone behind my bicep, again, it split literally in two pieces and one half came out behind my elbow. My elbow was completely crushed. I severed the radial nerve in my left arm. Uh, my eye socket was, was crushed so bad that it's actually made of metal now. Mm. And don't ask me how my eyeball was spared and I'm not blind in that eye, which the doctors thought I would be. And my ear was almost completely severed, um, hanging on by about a half of an inch. And the ceiling buckled and it sliced the top of my head into a, like it sliced a V in the top of my head. Ooh. And uh, thank God for the, the human body. Um, but I was immediately in a coma and I was unconscious, unable to, you know, at least consciously be aware of this pain that I was enduring, uh, bleeding from head to toe. And a minute later, my best friend, Jeremy found me on the, on the side of the road in my car. He was a minute behind me on the freeway and, he got out, you know, the, the, the window's smashed, I'm trapped in the car, I'm unresponsive, he's yelling for me, and he checked my pulse, and uh, thank God you know, I, I had a pulse, I was still alive, but I was losing a lot of blood, mm -hmm. and it took them an hour to get me out of the car. Oh my God. So I was trapped in the car for an hour until the jaws of life were able to rip the roof off and pull me out, and I lost so much blood that I actually died. And my heart stopped beating, stopped breathing, and I was clinically dead on the side of the freeway for approximately six minutes. Um, and they revived me. The paramedics revived me. They rushed me to the hospital, uh, where I would spend six days in a coma. I flatlined twice. My poor parents had the worst of this. I, I can't even imagine. I, I have two children now. I now understand that it was harder for them, I think, than it was for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was unconscious for the worst of it, right? 
And I came out of the coma six days later, and the doctor said I would never walk again and uh, that I, I had permanent brain damage. I had no short-term memory in the hospital, and um, you know, I, I had to face this reality of the doctors saying that they didn't think I would ever walk again. And uh, I told my parents that the doctors might be experts in medicine, but they weren't experts in me, and that there were only one of two options. Either I the doctors were right, and if they were right, I had already decided that if I can't change it, something I learned in my sales training that I think is the most valuable lesson, if we just cut it off the interview after this lesson, everybody's good. Mm -hmm. um, the most valuable lesson that I learned is that when we, uh, well, let me put it this way, every negative emotion that we ever feel, all of our emotional pain, our anger, our, our, our sadness, our regret, our fear, our anxiety, all of it is self-created by our resistance or, or you could call it our non-acceptance of our reality as it is, right? It's our wishing and wanting that we could change things that we can't change. So for example, somebody in my condition, the normal response is, God, I wish this didn't happen to me. I don't deserve this. I'm a good person. And like, I, I, you're telling me I can't, I'm not going to walk again? Like, I, I can't imagine life in a wheelchair. That, that's not the life that I want, right? Exactly, yeah. To the, to the degree that we resist our reality is the degree that we create emotional pain for ourselves. And I learned that in my sales training in, in, in a much less articulate way. It was called the five-minute rule. And it was, hey, it's okay to bitch, moan, and complain sometimes. Sometimes you got to vent when things don't go your way. But there's no value in dwelling on it. So you set your timer for five minutes, and after you bitch, moan, vent, complain – punch a wall, punch your spouse, whatever you got to do, right? <laughs> For five minutes and you, you let, you release that emotion after when the timer goes off, you go, all right, can't change it. So the only intelligent choice I have now is to unconditionally accept what has happened at this point and focus 100% of my energy on what I can control, what I can change. And at that point, Right, that one thing we can control is our attitude. That's the first, you know. In fact, I don't know if you ever, you ever read the book *Man's Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl. No, but I have it on my list. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a pretty short read. Um, uh, it puts things in perspective. You know, Viktor Frankl was in the, in a, for those that don't know, he was in a Nazi concentration camp. Uh, not, you know, not thinking he would probably ever see his wife and children again. Uh, he was watching his friends die every day, waiting for his turn, and he just had this epiphany where he went. Okay, uh, the last choice, you know, the only choice that I have is I can be miserable the final days of my life or I can be the happiest I've ever been. I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, and, and, and I believe the quote from, from his book is he realized that the last of, of human, uh, the last of man's freedom, or the last of human freedom is to choose one's own attitude in any given set of circumstances. So he decided, I'm going to be the happiest I've ever been in my life for the final days of my life, even though, and you think about that, like that, I, I, even my circumstance, I can't even, I can't think of a circumstance that's much worse than that. You know, being in a concentration camp, not thinking you're ever going to see your family again, watching your friends die, waiting for your turn to die. That, that's pretty difficult, yeah, right? Is. And also all the while being physically and mentally and emotionally abused by the guards, right? Yeah. By the Nazis. And he, luckily he survived, he got out, you know, but, um, but, but that he had accepted fully his circumstances and the worst case scenario. And when he, when you accept the things that you can't change, it doesn't mean you're happy about it. He wasn't happy that he was probably going to die, but it means that you're at peace with them. And when you, when you accept things unconditionally and you can be at peace with your circumstances, no matter how difficult 
or unimaginable they'd be. And this, this can mean the, the loss of a loved one. It could mean, you know, traffic, right? It could be, this is, the, this is a universal truth for the most extreme adversity and tragedy to the most basic, the most everyday, yeah, mundane. Everyday yeah. And, and I think it, there's a lot more value in it sometimes for the everyday stuff because, you know, if you're not dealing with a horrific tragedy right now or a difficult circumstance, then you might think, well, this doesn't apply to me. Well, next time you hit traffic and you find yourself frustrated over the pace of the cars in front of you, stop and go, wait a minute, I can't change it. Where, where's the intelligence here in creating emotional pain over the speed of the cars in front of me because they're going slow? Like, what, what a waste of a yeah. way to spin the car right? It's right? so valuable on a daily basis, though, because I know you have those bracelets, and my girlfriend, yeah. Lindsay, made us a couple. And before nice. I had one of those on, I would, I would think about it sometimes after I read the book, but now that you wear the bracelet, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable, man. You, I, I find myself getting irritated over the dumbest little things and as soon as I see that, I'm just like, no, I'm good to go, you know? And so when you apply it to something that's that, you know, that m more life-changing, like this guy was in a concentration camp or you were, you know, clinically dead for six minutes and you woke up and you didn't know what the outcome was going to be, uh, but you found peace with it and you were able to build off that. And it is fantastic. Yeah, and those are the three magic words. Can't change it, right? In fact, if anybody wants to go deeper into that subject, if you go to can'tchangeit.com, you can watch a 10-minute video of me teaching this like in a different way than I am now, but actually giving a keynote speech to like 200 salespeople and managers at a conference. And then you can read a full-on article that I wrote where I really sat down and thoughtfully articulated, you know, my my thoughts around this this topic. But um, but yeah, can't change it. And then once you say can't change it, you just take a deep breath and you release any negative emotion that you're feeling and you go, okay, I can't change what is out of my control. So what can I change? What's in my control? What can I work towards? And so I told my parents, I'll either be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair because what the alternative be of being the most miserable person in a wheelchair doesn't sound very like a very great life. You know, I don't want that. Yeah. Which one was better? I, yeah, so I can. I said, if, if the doctors are right and never walk in, I'll be the happiest person in a wheelchair. If they are wrong, which I'm betting on them being wrong, I, I'm planning on putting all. I'm putting, and I told, them, I'm putting all my energy, all my faith, all my belief, everything's going into imagining walking again. And um, the uh, three weeks later, no, no, I'm sorry, one week after this conversation with my parents, and I took my first step. You know, it was three weeks after the crash. Three weeks after my femur broken half my pelvis broken three places right wow. punctured a lung ruptured my spleen all those things three weeks after that crash i took my first step and um i definitely believe the power of the mind-body connection and positive thinking and how that influences our cells right which affects our everything our emotional and our physical and our mental well-being and um I, I three weeks later i took my first step and four weeks later i went home and that year i got back to where i got out of the hospital in february didn't have a car for six months, which my my sales position required a car. I was in direct sales. I had to go to those houses. So I literally, for six months, I caught rides from people. <laughs> and and I fin and that year, I was the number six sales rep at the end of the year out of like 60,000, I think. And half the year, I was catching rides from people. Didn't even have a car to do appointments. And then the other half of the year, I, you know, I got my license back and I, I had my car. But And I don't say that. I'm, I'm not bragging. I just I think it was really an example of for all of us, myself included, that, you know, we can either make excuses why we can't achieve our goals, you know, and our dreams, or we can use those excuses as fuel to create a truly inspiring story for 
other people to follow, right? Oh man, yeah. you know, and whether it's you don't have to write a. I'm not saying you write a book. I'm saying that your friends and family and colleagues and everyone that knows you, every, how we live our lives unconsciously gives other people permission to do the same. And when we settle for less than our best and complain about the negative and you know and and all of that, we just we just create this 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 you know that permission for other people to do the same. But when we live to our full potential, I think that we all have a responsibility to live to our full potential. Whatever your dreams and goals are right now that you're putting off, knock it off because you owe it to the people that look up to you, that look sideways to you, that that you influence just by being in their lives. I think we owe it to people to truly not only, you know, first and foremost, fulfill our potential so that we can understand how to help other people fulfill theirs. And then actively, we got to do that. We got to inspire other people to, to live, you know, the life that they really want to live. Yeah, I think for for me and a lot of people, the biggest issue is that fear and getting out of their comfort zone and forcing uh, themselves to confront fear head on. And your story honestly opened my eyes and to, you know, well, if, if he can do this, you know, anybody can do anything. I, I can quit pounding and get off my ass. But what's the worst that can really happen? And for the 95% of the people that will live their life in complete fear and never rise from mediocrity, you know, what kind of advice do you have for them? I mean, I know you had that stat in the book about the, the Social Security stat, which was insane, and I can't remember the numbers uh, that you talk about. Do you remember those off the top of your head? Um, I mean, I don't, but it's basically it's 95% of our society is not able to be. This is just from a, a financial measure of mediocrity. Nine, only 5% of our society is able to be financially free, where they can, you know, they have the freedom to do what they want when they want, and the rest of the people are you know, working for the rest of their life or they're dependent on other people or social security or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, basically, I mean, it relates, you know, research or no research statistics or no statistics. We can look around and we can look at everyone we know and go, how many people you do know are living the most extraordinary life that they can imagine. Right. Yeah. You know, take a hundred people, you know, or take 10 people, right. What percentage of those people? And most people would be like, well, zero out of 10. All right. Try the next one. Zero out of 10. You'd have to be hard just to find one yeah. in your life. Right. It says, it says if you take any hundred people at the start of their working careers and follow them through the next 40 years until they reach retirement age, here's what you'll find. Only one will be wealthy. Four will be financially secure. Five will continue working. Not because they want to, because they have to. 36 will be dead and 54 will be broken, dependent on friends, families, relatives, and the government to take care of them. Yeah. And, and that, and that, that starts out the chapter in the book. It's my, that's my favorite chapter, I think, in the book. Uh, in fact, actually, oh, you know what? If, if anybody goes to um, recently, this is, I didn't, I wasn't going to mention this, but I just thought of it. Recently, my podcast, um, <laughs> it, uh, we had a technical difficulty and I did an interview and it didn't work. So we're scrambling at the last minute to figure out what we're going to post on iTunes <laughs> and for the audio. And we actually posted chapter three of my audio book of the, the, you know, the Miracle Morning audio book. If you go to, here's the fastest way to find it. It's episode 27 of the podcast. So uh, if you go to, uh, it's the Achieve Your Goals podcast on iTunes or the direct link, if you want to put this in the show notes, Heath, it's halelrod.com forward slash 27, 27. And you can actually get a free chapter of my audiobook, not because I intended it, but because it was an emergency last minute thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely but, will be in the show notes. They'll be at artsynow.com forward slash Hal Elrod. Perfect, perfect. So yeah, so it's the idea that, you know what, 95% of our society in general, and it's you know maybe it's 90% in certain areas, but they're simply settling for less than they really want. And the reality check is that if you and I don't make the decision that 
you know what, I can't just keep doing what I'm doing and expect a different result. I've got to start doing, you know, join the 5%, right? I got to start reading the books of the 5%, studying the 5%, listening to the top 5% podcast. And the bottom line is I've got to start doing things differently. And that for me was what birthed the miracle morning. And we can kind of transition and wrap up with that. But I was at my rock bottom. I was, I was, you know, it was when the U S economy crashed in 2008, 2009, my business failed. I lost over half my income. I couldn't pay my bills. I lost my house back to the bank. I was deeply depressed. I stopped exercising worst shape of my life. I was a mess physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. I was at the lowest point I had ever been. And long story short, and by the way, I just realized that I, I don't, I didn't do a very good job of doing my new short version of my story. I pretty much told it the way, um, the way I'm conditioned to tell it. It, uh, this, it needs to be that way though. It's amazing. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so, but I'll, I'm going to try again, take two on this part. So the bottom line was I was at my rock bottom and six months of a spiral downward, uh, a conversation with a friend led to me going on a run when I hadn't, because he basically said, Hal, you're not exercising. That's a problem, dude. You got to get oxygen and blood to your brain. You got to release endorphins, go for a run, hated running, went for a run. I was desperate. And on that run, I, I listened to a self help audio and I came up with this. The epiphany was this. I wasn't dedicating time each day to become the person that I needed to be to achieve what I wanted in my life, to, to, to create the health and the wealth and the happiness and, and the vitality that I, that I really wanted and achieve all my goals and dreams. And so I decided after about an hour of research online, I realized that a couple things that successful people do that I wasn't doing. A, they wake up early. I was not a morning person. I used to hit the snooze button three, four times and waste the morning. Mm -hmm. But after I researched what successful people do, I realized, wow, most successful people they wake up in the morning and they utilize that first 30 to 60 minutes of their day to either work on themselves or work on their goals and dreams. And they, they set the right mindset to win every single day. And I don't do that. So that was the first thing I realized. I got to start waking up early. And then I got to start working on myself, extraordinary personal development so that I can become the person that I need to be to create the life I want. I created this morning routine that didn't have a name. Yes, now it is known worldwide is the miracle morning it is a it's a book right it's a best-selling book but then it was just my morning personal development routine the next morning i woke up didn't hit this news button once i was actually excited to try this as you know i'm sure you can attest Heath. you, you get excited once you learn about it oh you yeah read the book right you can't wait to try it then you do it you're like oh my gosh this is amazing two months of doing my miracle morning again it wasn't called that two months of doing my morning routine and this is why i called it the miracle morning because within two months i had doubled my income I went, my depression was gone in 24 hours. I'm not kidding. It was, it was gone the next morning and doubled my income in two months. And I went from being in the worst shape of my life physically to training for a 52 mile ultra marathon that I, I completed five months later. And I, I was, I went from not being a runner at all to running 52 miles in one day, 500 miles in six months to train for that. And because my life turned around so fast, I called it the miracle morning. Three years of insecurity where I was like, I need to write this up in a book. I need to share this. But I was afraid no one's going to do it. No one, nobody, everybody's like me. They're not morning people. Like, yeah, it worked for me, but I got lucky. Or I, you know, and now tens of thousands of people around the world, um, Heath, have the same result, re response and results that, that you've had. Oh, yeah. Which man. is, it, it, it changes your life so fast and it, it, it's, it's, your life just continues to get better and better and better. Every, every minute and, um, that goes by, man, instead of waking up face down, pants down in the bushes every night, 
you know, you wake up every morning and run a couple miles and get all this done and you feel productive and it's amazing. Wow. I just learned more about your, uh, your previous routine than I, <laughs> than I ever thought I would know. I, I love it. <laughs> so yeah, man, so that, that, that's it. And, uh, any questions for me to wrap up? I'm, I'm, I'm open to answering any or, or we can, uh, you know, whatever the next step is here. Yeah, absolutely, man. You got to hold on to your rockets. Cause I got to push your creative button a little bit oh, yeah, do it. Uh, before it. I let you all get explosive and funky with the rest of your day out there in the very beautiful Southern California. So take a second, man, do a little dance, get that creative brain flowing. Uh, who are some of your top creative influencers? Uh, creative influencers. I mean, I've got, you know, mentors in my life, uh, like my best friends, John Berghoff, John Vroman, Matt Recor, Jesse Levine. These are people that, you know, not well-known names necessarily, but, uh, these are my, my friends and Peter Vug. These are my friends. Uh, that that are you know uh, I guess here's a way of saying it is you know they say we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with mm -hmm. and the more I've experimented and researched that it's very true your income your health your happiness it is the five the average of the five people you spend the most time with so I have actively seeked out people that make me better people that are living or at least pursuing the type of life and success that I really want to have. And then, you know, beyond that, I mean, mentors like Tony Robbins and, you know, Will Smith and people, Oprah, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld, people like that. I, I look up to those people and I, I watch their interviews and I, I try to embody <laughs> their mindset uh, for success. And, and, and all of the above have been big influences on, on my creativity and, and my success overall. Yeah, I'm a huge Seinfeld and Larry David fan. Oh, huge Larry David fan, <laughs> dude. Huge. Yeah. Uh, well, you used to be a DJ, man. What kind of music are you into? Um, I like music that makes me dance for the most part. Um, you know, hip hop, uh, you know, no gangster rap. When I was in high school, I was all into gangster rap, easy E and, you know, <laughs> like hardcore stuff. And, and now I just, I like positive music, you know? So uh, it, either it makes me dance or it has positive. Atmosphere, you know, atmosphere is a really good hip hop artist. He's all positive. Oh, I, you know what? That I, I isn't he all, all this stuff online? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look him up right now. Yeah, Atmosphere. I think I've heard of him. He yeah. goes by Slug, but his band is he does a live band. His name's Atmosphere, and his new album is called Southsiders, and it's all motive. I mean, it's amazing. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna look. At, is it on iTunes? It's gotta be. Yeah. Southsiders. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, if you had to spend one hour creating something with anybody from the past or present. Who would it be and what would you create? If I had to create something, anybody from the past, future, or present, who would it be? Uh, I, you know, I would create a program uh, for a nonprofit that brought life coaching into every school in America. Wow, yeah. Um, that's kind of my long-term vision. I, you know, I, I've been a coach for nine years and I've had many coaches radically impact my life and change my life and I've seen you know I've been able to do it for other people and I really think those life skills are what's missing in most schools and I'd like to go in there and teach all the teach all the high school students how to not just not just coach them but how to coach others and then have them go into the junior highs and coach the junior high students and teach the junior high students how to coach the elementary school students and teach the elementary school students how to coach their parents yeah I mean <laughs> about these values that they don't teach you like setting goals and yeah and uh I mean, managing your emotions like emotional intelligence is the most important yeah. class arguably somebody could take you know absolutely and problem solving too so yeah and i don't know who i would do it with i would do it with the with and i'd reach out to every coach in america through the international coach 
federation and uh, I would say, hey, who, who wants to volunteer to, to take this program live in your city at, uh, at the schools that, you know, in your city? Yeah, real quick, give us a couple of your favorite books. Favorite books um, right now. Uh, well, uh, Conversations with God is is has been my favorite book for years. I haven't read it in like five years. So I, I, I recently was telling someone about it. I go, you know what? If I read it again now, I'm a different person than I maybe I don't know if I'd like it as much as I did, but when I read it 10 years ago initially, uh, and I've reread it many years after that, that was a very empowering book and not religious at all, by the way, not a religious book. Um, just for anyone that is, you know, if you're religious, it's it, you can read it. If you're not religious though, don't think it's like, ah, oh, I'm not religious, so I can't read it. It's it's a very empowering, uh, empowering book. Um, and then some other favorites. I really like this book, Vision to Reality. Uh, it's a newer book, uh, published I think a year ago by Honoré Quarter. Mm-hmm. Vision to Reality, great book on how to break your goals down and uh, you know turn your vision into reality. Um, and then a great, the, my favorite book on money is called The Millionaire Fast Lane. The Millionaire Fast Lane, and the last book that I'll recommend uh, is called The Seven Levels of Communication. And The Seven Levels of Communication is really a book, really more for business people, um, but that you know that you have customers, clients, strategic partners, colleagues that you want to you know really take your relationships with them to the best level. And specifically, if you're a business person, how do you create repeat and referral business from your you know your current circle of influence? That's really what the book's about. Awesome, man. I appreciate those recommendations. And if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat that big, ugly bastard? Um, I would, uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, if I would, it was just me and him, I think I would just run away and hide until he starved to death <laughs> because he couldn't eat me. And then uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a real. I'm not a fighter. I'm a huge UFC fan. I, I can watch. I like to watch people engage in strategic combat. But uh, I, yeah, I would. I would run away and I would hide until he died. And <laughs> flight, <laughs> flight all the way over fight, huh? I'm a flight. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a flighter. Uh, you know. And then, but I. But I, I like watching it. So I would watch him from a distance and see what he was up to. <laughs> And then, then I'd formulate a plan. I might think of a better, so you know, on the spot. That my first instinct would be flight. I would run and hide, and then I would, you know, then I'd think about, hmm, what, you know, I, I'd need more time to think of a plan. I guess <laughs> you'd have to get a couple beers in you first, and then you might have some more courage. Yeah, a little liquid, uh, liquid courage. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, do you have any closing advice for our listeners? You know what? I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I, I uh, this was the tagline of my first book, my first book, Taking Life at All. And the tagline, and this is still kind of my my life philosophy, is love the life you have while you create the life of your dreams. And what I mean by that is don't think you have to wait for the latter to do the former. Don't think you have to wait for your life to get better for you to be the happiest person you've ever been. You have everything right now. You have everything in your life to be happier than you've ever been before. It's simply about acknowledging what you have and who you are. It's accepting the things that you don't have so you can be at peace with those things. It's embracing the perfection of every moment, of every day, including all the faults and the flaws and the insecurities that that, that are part of you. It's about just choosing to love your life for, because that's our choice and not waiting. So love the life you have create the life of your dreams, do them both simultaneously. Don't let one be dependent on the other. And, and, and truly don't wait to live the life that you're meant to live. Don't wait for life to be different for you to really be present to all that you have to be grateful for and love 
every moment. Hallelujah, man. No, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> thanks, Heath. I appreciate you having me on, and thanks for everybody listening. Uh, if you're still listening, um, yeah. How can yeah, how can they know. get in touch with you, Hal? You send them to your website. I'll put all those links oh, yeah. earlier on the show notes. Jeez, we almost forgot that. Yeah. So okay, everybody, listen. This is the I don't know if it's the most important part, but listen. So there's a few things. Number one, if you want to buy the Miracle Morning, or if you want to go read a few of the 300 five star reviews and just see if it's for you, if it's the right fit for you. Go to Amazon.com, right? That's the place to find the book. And if you want the direct link, if you go to MiracleMorningBook.com, that's MiracleMorningBook.com, that takes you directly to Amazon. So if you don't know how to navigate Amazon, go to Miracle Morning Book. <laughs> um, if you are like, Hal, I'd love the book, but I'm in a real bad financial position to the point where my wife and I have agreed that we can't spend a dollar right now outside of our fixed expenses. I get it. I've been there before. Uh, there's there's a free opportunity for you to start. Go to MiracleMorning.com, and you can get what I call the Miracle Morning Starter Kit, the Fast Start, the uh, Crash Course, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's it's uh, a 17-minute video of me on stage giving a speech on the Miracle Morning. It's a 60-minute audio training, and you'll get the first few chapters of the book totally free. And that can get you started before you even, you know, and then buy the book, you know, if you ever need to, whenever you're ready. And then last but not least, another free resource that might be the most important long-term. Um, uh, we have a, a community on Facebook. And Heath, I think, you, are you part of the Miracle Morning community? Absolutely, man. You can attest to this then. It has become the most inspired, supportive, encouraging online, really or offline communities that I have ever seen. And I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Uh, first of all, I started it with you know me and like 10 people. And that was a year or so ago. And we, we just crossed 5,000 members of the community and all over the world, Iceland, Japan. I mean, it's mostly U.S. and Canada, I'd say, mostly U.S., but all over the world. But anyway, here's the example. The other day, uh, a, you know, a young man posted in there, hey, everybody, I'm new to the Miracle Morning. Um, I've really been having trouble waking up and getting myself out of bed. I've been trying it. You know, I, 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 can you give me any tips or any advice that maybe helped you? Within 24 hours, 33 people, 33 strangers that didn't know him and that he had never met, 33 strangers in 24 hours commented on his post, thoughtful, lengthy comments, sharing their experience, giving him advice. And I thought, that's ins and that's, you know, that's that's not like an isolated incident where that, that, that happens regularly. 33, usually it's like, oh, yeah. you know, 10, 15 comments. But where do you, even on your own page with your friend, when do you post, hey, I'm having a chance? 33 people give you thoughtful advice. So that's the culture that we've created. It's it's arguably, like I said, the most inspired and supportive communities. Just go to facebook.com, right? And search the Miracle Morning community. Make sure you don't go to the fan page. Go to the community, the Facebook group. Ask to join. I'll approve you. And uh, that's a great way to kind of, you know, get get support from people whether it's the Miracle Morning or, or something else that you need help with, but uh, we're here to help. Yeah, anything you post in there, it's an immediate response, and it's fantastic. And I'm so surprised every time I talk to somebody away from that whole community and I meet these people that you would, you know, across the world that you would never think in a million years, and they practice the Miracle Morning. It just blows my mind every time, so. Yeah, mine too, dude, mine yeah. too. <laughs> so er everybody take a skip at a rinkity-dinkity-roo over to Hal's website, get the book, do a little dance, get a little funky, live every day like it's a bonus round, relax, 
enjoy something beautiful, and take that first step to creating the life that you truly love. You can have it all. And how, man, I am truly honored to have had you on the show. And I will continue to spread this message every chance I get. You are a miracle worker, and thanks so much for being the Archipreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky. Boom. Thank you for listening to the Archipreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.